the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Conditions in the culture became so evil and corrupt that the prudent people, the wise people, were afraid to speak up. They didn't want to speak up. The wise people just stayed silent. Isn't that interesting? One of the signs that a nation is nearing the end is when the corruption and the evil become so great within the culture that the righteous people hesitate to speak up. Patiently keeping silent does not mean passive quietism. It may mean active resistance to evil or non-cooperation with evil. Today, Pastor Dan will be reading through the book of Amos, where you will see that it's important to remain prudent at times of great evil. In such times, your voice might be more actions instead of words. You have to seek the good and live it out in order to reestablish justice and righteousness around you. But remember to seek God over all else, and He'll have your back. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Amos chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Abraham lived in Beersheba. He dug a well there. That well is still there in Beersheba today. Isaac lived in Beersheba. Jacob departed for Haran from Beersheba. When Jacob was on his way down to Egypt, he stopped to make an offering there and seek the Lord before departing to Egypt. It was kind of like the last stop heading south towards Egypt before leaving the promised land. He stops there to seek the Lord. But in Amos' time, Beersheba was a place of idolatry. Listen to me. Each of these places were important in Israel's national history. They played an important role in Israel's story of becoming a nation. But now we're coming to the end of the nation of Israel. And I want you to see this, that as the nation of Israel was dying as a nation, as they were nearing the end, Israel destroyed their godly history. All of that history was erased. All of it was forgotten. All of it was rewritten. And these places were redefined. They became known for their worship of other gods. Now, previous generations appreciated their significance in their national history. But all of that history was thrown away by one generation. The last generation. In verse 6, the Lord repeats his plea with the nation to seek him. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it with no one to quench it in Bethel. Now, the two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim of Joseph, that was the main population of the northern tribes, the northern kingdom, were from Joseph. 
And here the Lord says, seek me and live. Lest the Lord devours the nation like a wildfire. And no one will quench it. And he makes a point to say, Bethel will not help you. The, the answer is not in Bethel. The answer is the Lord seeking him. Verse 7, you who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to rest in the earth. Again, he's talking about the nation and wormwood is bitter. The nation, as it was in its last days as a nation, as it was declining, the nation turned justice to bitterness. The justice system became so corrupt, people couldn't get justice. People became bitter with the justice system. Uh, It says they lay righteousness to rest. In the earth, another thing that characterized the nation of Israel as it was dying as a nation is that they cast righteousness to the ground as a nation, as a people, as a culture, as a society. They just threw righteousness away. Well, why does that matter? Well, Proverbs 14 says righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. A, a nation is exalted by its rightness with God. But in its final days as a nation, the people, the society, the culture just threw righteousness away. Ezekiel thirty-three eighteen says, when the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. That's true for a nation as well. When a nation turns from righteousness or casts aside righteousness, that nation will die because of it. Psalm 9 verse 17 says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. All the nations that forget God will be turned into hell. So he goes on here in verse 8. Now watch what he says. I love verse 8 and verse 9. He made the Pleiades and Orion. He turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the day dark as night. He calls For the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. He rains ruin upon the strong so that fury comes upon the fortress. And here's what Amos is saying here. He's saying God is a God of order and God is a God of great power. Just look at the universe. He orders the universe. He keeps the stars and the planets in their orbit. You know, the sun comes up every morning without fail, right on time. You don't even think about it. You don't even worry about it. The the nightfall comes every evening. In verse 8, he refers to the hydrological cycle of the earth. God calls the water out of the sea, causes it to evaporate and form rain clouds. Then he pours the rain upon the earth to water the earth. You remember learning that in sixth grade, you know, earth science class or whatever, about how God makes the water evaporate from the sea and uses it to create rain clouds to water the earth. Here it is in the Old Testament. And Amos, what is he getting at with this? As Israel descended into chaos and crisis after crisis in the nation, Amos is saying, why not turn to the Lord? Why not turn to the Lord? You know, the Lord is excellent at handling things. Just look at how he keeps the universe in order. He can handle the universe. Why not let him handle things for you as a nation? Why not seek the Lord? Again, you look at our own nation. God can fix our supply chain issues. He he keeps the universe in order. He can get stuff here from China. 
He can stop a virus. Why not give the Lord a shot? He's done really well with the universe. That's been running smoothly for a long time. He can take care of our problems. Why not turn to the Lord as a nation? You know, Psalm 46 verse 1 says that God is a very present help in times of trouble. So why not turn to him for help? Seek the Lord. That's what Amos is saying here. Now look at verse 10. This is where the nation was as they were coming to the end, as the, as the nation was in decline and nearing the end of its life, as it was dying. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate. And they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Now, if you don't know, the city gate of a city in the ancient world is where the leaders and judges of that city sat. The city gate was the place of government. It's where you would go to present if you had an issue or some kind of conflict. You would go to the city gate and you could present your issue to the elders of the city, to the judges of the city, and ask them to give a judgment or a ruling. And so, you know, all of the government, all of the judgment of the city, all of the rule of the city took place in the gate. That's what Jesus talks about in the New Testament. The gates of hell will not prevail, right? The governing plans of hell will not prevail against the church, whatever hell may come up with. So look what it says, though. The people hated anyone who rebuked their sin. Usually the prophets would go to the city gates and there declare their prophecy before the leaders and the elders and the judges of the city. The people hated anyone who rebuked their sin. It says they abhorred those who spoke uprightly. They hated anyone who told the truth. Or anyone who stood up and said, that's not right. That's wrong. We shouldn't allow that in our society. Again, as the nation was coming to the end, they hated truth. They abhorred truth. And we see this happening in our own nation. People are hated for speaking the truth. People are attacked for just stating what's true, what's real, what's reality. People get, you know, fired from their job now for speaking uprightly. Look at verse 11. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, from the poor, Though you have built houses of hewn stones, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. The government leaders were taxing not just the people. They were taxing the poor. You know, these poor farmers who who barely had enough to begin with, who were barely surviving. They were taxing what little bit they had just so they could build nicer homes for themselves. Built of hewn stones. The politicians were using the people to make themselves wealthy. Can you imagine politicians doing that? Getting rich off the people. So what does the Lord say? The Lord says, I'm going to take it all away from you. Just as you've taken it away from the poor, I'm going to take it away from you. Those beautiful houses you've built, you're not going to dwell in them. Those vineyards that you've planted, you're not going to drink the wine that comes from them. Now watch verse 12. For I know 
your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, speaking of the corruption of the leaders, diverting the poor from justice at the gates. Again, the gates are where the judges of the city sat. And so there was just corruption in the justice system. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Look again at verse 12, it says, afflicting the just. That's what I want you to take note of there. The word afflict there, the afflicted, it means to show hostility toward, to treat with enmity, or to harass. They afflicted the just solely because they were just. They have afflicted them. They treated them with enmity. They were hostile towards just people in society, righteous people, good people, the kind of people you want in a society. They were against them, hostile towards them. Harass them. And so what happened? As a result, look at verse 13. Therefore, because of the way they treated just people in society, therefore the prudent keep silent at that time. For it's an evil time. Conditions in the culture became so evil and corrupt that the prudent people, the wise people, were afraid to speak up. They didn't want to speak up. The wise people just stayed silent. Isn't that interesting? One of the signs that a nation is nearing the end is when the corruption and the evil become so great within the culture that the righteous people hesitate to speak up. They don't want to say anything. I think that all of us have felt that in our culture where you don't want to speak out. You you don't want to say anything. You don't want to voice your opinion because you know you'll become a target. and You'll maybe lose your job or you'll get canceled or you'll get banned from social media. Your friends will cut you off. We've even seen some where the government comes after them. For just speaking out. Or protesters show up in front of their house. Protesting. We're attacking them in a restaurant. And all of that intimidates the righteous. And it causes the righteous to hesitate to speak out because it's just such evil times. There's just too much of a cost to speak out. So the righteous stay silent. Now look at verse 14. Seek good. And not evil that you may live so that the Lord God of hosts will be with you as you have spoken. Here the Lord says, seek good and not evil. And the reason he says that is because the nation was seeking evil and not good. 
hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gates. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, the Lord God of hosts, the Lord says this, there shall be wailing in all streets and they shall say in all the highways, alas, alas, they shall call the farmer to mourning and skillful lamenters to wailing. They would hire mourners for funerals and all vineyards. There shall be wailing for I will pass through you, says the Lord. He tells them in verse 15, hate evil, love good, establish justice. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph, but they don't do that. They don't seek the Lord. And so because of that now, there's going to be lamenting. There's going to be grieving. There's going to be wailing in the streets because of the destruction of the nation. And notice what the Lord says in verse 17. I'll pass through you. Very similar to what he said when the children of Israel were in Egypt in captivity. That first Passover. And said, I'll pass through the land. And I'll look for the blood that's been applied to the doorposts of the house. And if I see the blood, I'll pass over your house. Now the Lord says, I'm going to pass through your land. You turn and seek me, you repent. But they don't do that. Verse 18, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. This is pretty amazing to me. There apparently were those living in Israel at this time who wanted the day of the Lord to come. They wanted the Messiah to come. They didn't realize they would be judged by God in the day of the Lord. And they, well, won't it be wonderful when the Messiah comes and establishes his kingdom here on earth? I wish the Messiah would come today. He says, woe to you if he does come. You know, we, we've seen in our study of the gospel of Matthew on Sundays that Jesus spoke about the broad road that leads to destruction. And these people were on the broad road that leads to destruction and they didn't even know it. They thought how they were living was acceptable to God. Oh, yeah, let the Lord come. Woe to you if he does. I would say many people think that way. They think that they're okay. They think that the way that they're living is acceptable to God. We, we saw again in Matthew on Sunday, there are many people who are on the road to destruction. And many will be surprised on that day when Jesus says, depart from me. I never, I never knew you. Here's what the day of the Lord will be like for these people. Look at verse 19. He says, it will be for you the day of the Lord. It will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. Or as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? What, what is a description here? Remember, Amos was a shepherd. By, by trade, that was his job. And so Amos, as a shepherd there in Israel, it's very likely that he encountered lions and bears while he was out watching his sheep. And he says here to Israel, the day of the Lord, for you, man, it, it's going to be like encountering a lion and you're going to run for your life. You're going to run right into a bear. 
And then you're going to flee from that bear. And when you get home and you think, okay, I'm safe at home. And you're going to lean against the wall to catch your breath. And a serpent is going to be, you know, on the bookshelf, on the wall, and it's going to bite you. In other words, you're not going to escape God's judgment in the day of the Lord. And so don't wish for the day of the Lord, he says to them, because the day of the Lord will be darkness and not light for you. Now look at verse 21. He says, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, and I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Now, this is interesting because the children of Israel still maintained religious rituals and and practices and activities. Even though their hearts were far from God, even though they're worshiping other gods, they still keep some of these religious practices. But God says, I hate them. I despise your feast days. I don't accept your offering. They offer burnt offerings. A burnt offering, you would offer the whole animal on the altar. You didn't keep any of the meat or anything from the animal. The whole thing was consumed by the fire. And the burnt offering symbolized total consecration to God. I'm giving, I'm giving you my all. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not keeping anything back from you, Lord. I'm putting it all on the altar. I'm giving it all to you. That's what you were saying if you made a burnt offering. They're making burnt offerings. But their hearts are divided. They're not giving all to the Lord. And they're making grain offerings. The purpose of the grain offering was to acknowledge God's provision. God, you provided this grain for us to eat. God, you've provided food for us. But they were looking to idols to provide grain for them to eat. They weren't really looking to Yahweh. And the peace offering. The peace offering represented fellowship with God. I've got peace with God. And in the peace offering, the person making the offering would actually receive some of the meat from the offering back. And they would sit there at the, at the tabernacle or later at the temple. And they would eat that meal there in the presence of the Lord. And it was, we're having fellowship here. God and I, I've got peace with God. I've got fellowship with God. I've got communion with God. And I've, I've got this oneness now with the Lord. They're offering these offerings. And none of it was true. It's going to be great when we get to the book of Leviticus. We'll go through all of these offerings. I was serious when I said that. You guys laugh at me. (laughs) They're going through the motions with all of these offerings. It didn't reflect the reality for the people of Israel. Their hearts were far from God. And God sees through that. And he despises it. He doesn't want us to come into his house with hypocrisy, you know, and sing and lift our hands and worship and, and our hearts are divided. Our hearts are far from him. It's unacceptable to me. I'm not going to accept it. Look what he says in verse 23. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. He's talking about their worship music. You know, their worship. He's Stop all that noise. Just noise. Can't stand it. But instead, here's what you should do. Let justice roll down like water. And righteousness like a mighty stream. He asked me how I know. And I say, bring 
Amos 4 verse 10 says, I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, and I carried away your horses, and I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. The first half of chapter 4 contains many words just like this, where the Lord says, I sent hard, hard things your way, but you didn't return to me. Often we look at hard things as outside the will of God. Certainly, a God who loves us wouldn't send difficulties our direction, or would he? As a loving God, a loving parent, he will do what he needs to do to get our attention and draw us back to him. Examine your own life today. Is there anything you know is not right? Bring it before the Lord today. Turn your heart toward Him. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton right here on Ring of Truth, a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. You live in the area? We'd love to meet you. Come join us on a Sunday morning for worship. You can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. Once again, the website is calvaryec.com. And for those of you who aren't in the area, Head on over to iTunes and find our podcast. We have so many more great messages to share with you. Well, we are running out of time for today, but we want you to know that we are praying for you. So come back and see us again next time for another great message on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.